Welcome to Applying Pressure. Applying Pressure is brought to you by The Final Piece LLC. Here on Applying Pressure, we aim to educate our listeners, giving you information to help you graduate from just going through life to glowing through it. Pressure creates diamonds, so apply that pressure for your sparkling ending. Hey y'all, welcome back to Applying Pressure. This is Alicia your host and the CEO of the final piece LLC as well as your favorite mentor from peaceful gems mentoring specializing in coaching girls affected by trauma today's episode is going to be a continuation of our overcoming obstacles series last week we discussed the strength to let go so basically giving yourself the permission to feel knowing when where and how to release those feelings in a healthy manner and also just moving on to your next phase into your season of purpose so this week's episode is a special episode this episode the valley of decisions is going to feature a guest ariana gardner she is going to come on We had a little chit-chat, a girl's chat, just discussing purpose, ABA, life, how to thrive, how to give back to the world around you. So, stay tuned for that interview. Thank you guys for the support. The next voices that you will hear is the voices of myself and Ariana Gardner. Yay, you made it. Yay. Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? I am good. Thank you so much for joining me. No problem. Anytime. I think it's actually recording now. So what I'm going to do is um, record our segment and then post it. I was unable to, because this is new for me, you're my first guest, to figure out how to uh record it live and share it at the same time so oh i didn't know if you had to edit it um prior to doing so yeah i probably would wind up doing some editing as well okay no problem okay perfect perfect um so i was reading your bio a little bit then just following you on instagram as well i know mm-hmm. of course that you are a business owner and an educator you want to briefly introduce yourself to the people? Um, yes, no problem. So basically, my name is Ariana Garner. I'm the founder of the Specs of the Spectrum. Um, I'm also an author of the Children's Manual, um, which is a tool that's utilized by parents to organize pretty much their day of working with their children in verbal behavior. I'm also an author when it comes to the children's book titled Me Too, Living in a Diverse Community. Basically, in the book, it talks about how children utilize their verbal behavior to communicate with others. And one thing I'm huge on is finding that common denominator in order to um, 
basically communicate with others. Once you find a common denominator amongst other individuals, you have the ability to relate with each other. Um, I'm also an instructor at a local college here in Orlando, Florida, where I utilize my background and the medical field as well as um, implement different ABA techniques in a classroom to teach my students how to be successful in the medical field. Okay. Okay, so you got a lot of good things going on. Yeah, that's right. Yes, you're doing it. You're doing it. Um, and I wanted to say as well with your book, um, Me Too, Living in a Diverse Community, I too am an educator. I teach middle school special education. I read that book to my students and they are moderate. Um, in their disabilities, but they were able to understand and grasp some of those um, comparisons that you were using as far as hair color and different things like that. They were able to understand that way. And then they were able to correlate that, hey, we're all different in the class. So I wanted to let you know you did a good job with that. Oh my goodness. Thank you. I, Oh man, I, I meant to reach out to you and see how everything went when you read the the story to your children, but wow, that really made my day. Yes, they I'm were able to understand. I was nervous because their language is, you know, slim to none, some of them. But mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you for mm -hmm. that. No problem. And I'm interested in your handbook as well, so I'm going to look at that. I'm going to order that. Okay. I okay. No problem. So this this month we've been talking about on the show, this is the second episode mm -hmm. of this year. I guess I can't say this month, but Last week, we talked about the strength to let go and overcoming obstacles. And as I was telling you um, briefly, I was going to ask you about what do you feel like was something that you had to get over or let go to become the person that you are now? Because as we know, when you decide, you know, okay, I want to do the right thing or start a business, it seems like life hits you all at once. Right. Honestly, it had to be what pushed me forward it had to be my frustration um a lot of times in the professional world uh, a lot of times we see our own um strengths we see what we can bring to the team we can see how we can expand so many things but we learn at the end of the day that our voice is not being heard and a lot of times i advocated for individuals who could not advocate for themselves and during the pandemic I noticed that a lot of individuals was using that as an excuse mm -hmm. to um, be professional or to uh, follow guidelines and proper protocol, especially in the ABA field. And whenever I spoke up on behalf of those individuals who could not speak up for themselves, it was an issue. It was a problem. And I knew that I was an issue and I wasn't a problem. So that's what pushed me forward to say, you know what? I'm going to become an entrepreneur. I'm going to show myself and show the world what it looks like to go after what you believe in and how to stand firm when it comes to integrity yes that's amazing especially yeah. coming from the aba side because i do have experience as um an aba therapist back before our rbt was a thing and then i also was an rbt and mm -hmm. often when you're on the front line and talking to other people that have been in the field are still in the field. You feel like when you're on the lower end of the totem pole, and not to say that RBTs are not important because we know they are, but in the clinical setting, you don't always get that support. Exactly. You don't always get people advocating for you. And if you do stand up, like you said, it's something wrong with you or you're the problem. 
So I appreciate on behalf of everybody that's been in the field and is in the field what you're doing. And I see a lot of connections that you have and we're in a few different groups together as far as like the what is it, the Baba group on Facebook. Yes. I follow your business Facebook page. So I see that you're active. And I think it's cool that you bring ABA into the real world. Because a lot of yeah. times people think of it as just, oh, this is some therapy for people that are on the autism spectrum. When actually it can help all of us. Exactly. I think that's cool. Like, how did you know, like, okay, this is my niche. Let me bring it into the real world. Or did it just come naturally to you? Well, um, I pretty much tell my story on Instagram and on Facebook. And um, it started with myself. By me being the last of 12 children, but I was the, the very first to obtain a associate's degree, a bachelor's degree, a master's degree. And I had to step back and look at myself and reflect on how was you able to become the first out of four generations? And it hit me that it was behavior modification. And by me having that experience with geriatrics in the medical field, and then I had my experience with working with the younger kiddos with early intervention um, in the, I, um, the ABA field, I was like, wait a minute. So I worked with early intervention. Then I worked with geriatrics. Now I'm teaching at a college. And it hit me, where's my niche? in professional development. And when you think about professional development, a lot of people feel that when you're working on your professional development, it starts when you enter your profession. But in reality, Professional development starts when you are a child. You speak that into your children and you're giving them that positive reinforcement. You're giving them the skills early. You cultivate that over time. And that's the thing that I'm advocating to parents. Hey, your kid doesn't become that doctor or lawyer or that scientist when they graduate from college or when they graduate from high school. It starts mm -hmm. giving them that skill at a very early age. I never thought of it that way. And yeah. my, obviously, I know parents pour into you. I think about my childhood. I know my mom did, my stepdad did, but I never thought of it as them modifying behaviors. But that is really what you're doing. So exactly. I like that you brought it that way. And I had to look at my parents because when I was younger, um, by me being the last of 12, I had siblings that had children. So they used to bring their babies to our house and my mm -hmm. mom used to watch them because she's obviously the grandmother. And I used to feed the baby, change the diaper. And I'm playing with this baby and my mom used to always call me Dr. Garner. Mm, she spoke it to you. Yeah, she, it, it really stuck to me. And I've gravitated to taking care of individuals. I gravitated towards, you know, motivating individuals and it just stuck with me throughout my life and that's when it hit me with the specs of the spectrum you know there's a spectrum of information and I just provide my followers and my individuals that follow me on social media or the people that support my vi uh, my vision I provide them with a speck of knowledge so that's where it comes specs of the spectrum it's just a spectrum of information and I provide them with a speck of knowledge and wow sis that's deep and even that you were able to correlate that back to your childhood. That's amazing. Right. So a lot of people don't, they don't think about purpose or even purpose and how it relates to your entire life. I think a lot of people think, I just got this aha moment one day. Not that it was manifesting the entire time. 
Exactly. Exactly. It took me uh, to find myself in college whenever I was obtaining my bachelor's degree in psychology. And whenever I was going through these different classes and we learn about these different theories, that's Mm -hmm. when I was able to break who Ariana is now. From everything, every theory that I worked on in college, I'm like, okay, how do this relate to myself? That's why when it comes to um, me, I know me inside and out. Any relationship that I ever been in, I know me inside and out. And so I'm able to express my feelings. I'm able to say, you know, I'm upset. I'm sad. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. And a lot of times guys weren't open to someone that knows who they are. And Ooh, I have to beginning. in the beginning, I didn't know who I was. But mm-hmm. once I learned who I was, a lot of people can't handle that. Girl, you're speaking some good stuff, and that's true. And I, my experience is similar because I double majored in psychology and African American and African diaspora studies in college. So when I took those classes, but I was on the other end, I was like, "Oh, girl, you crazy!" Like, wait a minute, <laughs> and I was reading my DSM, like, "Wait, wait, wait, <laughs> that might be me." But it, it helped me, and, and it did, like you said, to find myself. And a lot of people, not just guys, but I think even when you are friends with a female, they become intimidated. By the fact that you know who you are and you're secure in who you are. And exactly. I noticed that. And that's kind of why, for me, I started um, my mentoring program, um, Peaceful Gems, because a lot of times in the communities and um, Western culture, and especially I feel like in a Black community, there isn't that security and that pride in being a woman, knowing who you are and being strong in it. It's always the celebration of the struggle or about trying to find your identity in just all of this crazy stuff that's going on and I look at, you know, and my peers being 27 sometimes and I'm like what is wrong with you guys? The things that you are celebrating are broken pieces of people. That's all you really use, a child in an adult body. So I think that's Raw. a good observation. Right. And, and you know, I noticed that even in the um, when it comes to uh, your profession, when you secure in who you are and you speak up and you bold, you confident, you walk in a room, and everyone's looking at you like, who is this? Mm-hmm. And it's like, hello, I'm Ariana. How are you? Yeah, they try to read you. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh, you try, you take that initiative to be a team player. Oh, it, it always like, what can you bring to the field? Uh, how can we make differences? Or how can we make changes? And I'm that one, oh, hey, I got an idea. Oh, I know what we can do. And everybody, why is she sitting in the front row? Why is she raising her hand? Why is she talking? Because I'm confident. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. I'm aware. I know what's going on. I was once those people that you're trying to help. So these yeah. are the solutions that help me because I identify myself within them. See, and that's important because I think a lot of people, they make it and they forget where they came from. So they forget that they were the person that didn't know the answers or the uneducated person or these people that we frown upon in society. So that's good that you go back. And, you know, even in our field in ABA, I think the biggest issue is either one, I've noticed a lot of people, whether it be BCBAs or clinical directors, haven't had that RBT experience. So they don't know what it's like to be on the front line. But then also the RBTs don't understand 
that these clinicians are professionals. They right. know what they're talking about. And everybody don't like to listen. I know that. But we still have to respect each other on both ends. And I think exactly. that that's where the lack is. And the frustration and the burnout comes in. And I'm sure that's in any profession. Well, one thing that I try to encourage individuals, especially like when people reach out to me for my services um, with the specs of the spectrum, like, oh, how can I pass the exam? Oh, I'm having these problems. And I tell them, you know what? I even tell my students this. In order for you to become a better you, you must read and understand exactly what's going on. So if you're trying to figure out this field of ABA, you need to go and look at those ethics of the RBT. Look at those ethics of the BCBA. Mm-hmm. That way you understand exactly what's going on, why they are making those decisions. Why are they telling you? Understand the why. Because if you just like, oh my goodness, she don't know what she's talking about. She don't know what's going on. Did you read those ethics? Did you read the protocols? Do you read? Did you read the steps, what it takes for them to come up with a program? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the only way that's the only way you're going to understand and it took me to um obtain my master's and in applied behavioral analysis and that's when it opens up my mind to mm-hmm. what exactly is going on and so whenever i started doing aba and i started collaborating with the bcba i no longer felt inferior i never I, I no longer felt uh, as a little person. I felt like a team player. So I say, okay, based on my observation, it's about the way you speak. Mm. Now, if you talk about, oh, oh, I'm thinking that, oh, that's that mentalism. And they're going to say, oh, this is what you're thinking. But you come to your BCBA and say, oh, you know what? Based on my observation, based on the data that I collected, I have noticed. Right. When you come at a BCBA like that, now they tuned in because now you're coming with the facts. You're coming with the data. Right. Okay, now we can talk on the same level because you're speaking my lingo. But if you're yeah. like, oh, um, I think that he may be, or uh, that sounds like, it seems like, okay, now they don't take you serious because you didn't come with no facts or no data or mm-hmm. you're not confident. Yeah, you're not concrete. But when I come to them, straight facts. And they be like, oh, Ariana, so what do you recommend? Because, you know, you have been with him uh, for X amount of time. You see him a little bit more than I do. So you mm-hmm. may have a little bit more um, awareness of what's going on. So what would you suggest? And I say, hey, how about we do blah, 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 blah. And they're like, you know what? That sounds great. Tell me how that works out. Collect the data. Do some ABC data. And we'll go from there. That's all that happens. You just got to come with your facts. Yeah. And I agree. I agree. Um, even though I don't have my master's in ABA, um, we got, what, seven years of field experience? Um, so, and a, a lot of ABA is more it's more so natural to me. Um, the theories, the terms, I was always the RBT that would be talking in the jargon. And everybody would be staring at me like, what are you talking about in a CD? What is that? I'm like, okay, never mind. So right. it's, it's always been a passion of mine. So when I would sit down with the BCBA, I came with that knowledge, but I also, which I think is important, came with a learner's mindset because I understood you have something a little bit more education-wise to bring to the table than me, but I've observed this. And I think that the function of the behavior may be this. So let's come you know, from this angle. And they were more willing to put our heads together and figure it out. 
than you know some of my colleagues that would be she don't know what she's doing and it's not even working and we've been doing this for five weeks and he's still throwing toys at you like, <laughs> like I understand it seems like it's not working but it's a better way to communicate that than just you know talking amongst yourselves or just saying it to the DCBA in a not so nice manner. Right. And you know what you know what that is? Verbal behavior. Girl, yes. Them terms. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I love that you bring that into every aspect, like I said, of the real world. I appreciate that. So how do you use it in the classroom? Because I know I experiment on my kids all the time and I use ABA. Or I even throw little stuff in their IEP. They probably don't even know it's ABA. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, basically the class that I teach is patient care technician. Um, So my students, once they finish, they will obtain their certification as a nurse assistant. So Mm -hmm. basically, I implement natural environment training in the classroom. So we have a mannequin in the back of the classroom just laying in a bed. And I have wrote on the board. I set it up just like how it was whenever I worked in the hospital or in a nursing home. Mm -hmm. You have your, um, your assignment. This is your patient. I assign a lead PCT, which is the lead um, CNA, and they will say, okay, you have rounds of such and such, you have to do such and such. And I don't coach these kids. I don't tell these students uh, when to go back there and how to do anything. I look at the time. I don't say anything. I say, okay, so who has Mr. Mack at 8 p.m.? Mm-hmm. He was abandoned, and I write it on the board. You cannot abandon your patient. Your lead PCT gave you a task and you must complete it because this is what you're going to do in the in the medical field. No mm-hmm. one's going to tell you to go check on your patient. You must be aware of at nine o'clock. I need to go check on this patient. Yeah. Okay. So I implement natural environment training. Another thing is I give them the opportunity to teach um, to meet and greet with a paraprofessional and a professional. So you have the ability to talk to a nurse. You have mm-hmm. the ability to talk to a doctor. What questions you going to have to ask these individuals? Because it's going to come a time that they're not going to see you anymore. So use that opportunity to speak to these individuals. How did you become a doctor? How did you become a nurse? Yeah. Because when you are on the floor, no one has time to be talking to you about what's going on. They're talking to you about that patient. So before right. you get into the medical field, you have the ability to talk to these professionals and paraprofessionals. Okay. See, I like that. And I never, I think it's funny that you ABA adults <laughs> because you always, I've always thought of it with, you know, kiddos. And I guess that's because I've always worked in the clinical setting with children. But right. I really do. Do you find yourself in everyday life just even by yourself or at the store with your family or something just doing random things that would be ABA related or using task analysis or anything and everybody else is like, really? She on the ABA stuff again. <laughs> uh, I utilize ABA with my daughter. Um, and it's funny because I see my daughter as a little BCBA. She tries to teach everybody else. Um <laughs> Even with my husband, he always tells me, oh, Ariana, you always overanalyzing things. And it's like, I'm really not, but I really am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It works. <laughs> it works. definitely in the right field. <laughs> yep. Oh, one thing I noticed, because my husband sells cars, right? Uh-huh. So he's from the Bahamas. And, you know, 
he's able to stand, he's able to deal with hot weather. So um, during the summertime, he was a top seller last summer. And basically he loves Gatorade. So he used to freeze the Gatorade and take it with him. And he used to sit outside all day. Everybody else couldn't stand the heat. They used to be inside the AC. So anytime <laughs> a customer came up, he was able to get the customer first because he was outside in the heat. And his loving wife, who has a background in ABA, his reinfor- his reinforcement was um, Gatorade. I went to um, Sam's Club and got a big, like a tall, a tall mountain of Gatorade. Uh-huh. And each day he just pick out a flavor, freeze it, sit outside, and he was a top seller. Yep. You reinforced him and then he got that reinforcement when he got that check too. We don't think about that. We get ABA in life when we get checks and yes. all of these different things. That's all that's all that reinforcement too, the token economy. It's just in a tangible <laughs> manner. <laughs> so yeah. I see you working it. Um I'm gonna start and we've been on here what 23 minutes. So I'm gonna start wrapping it up so it's not too lengthy. But before we close out. I wanted to um, see if you had any suggestions or encouragement for individuals listening as far as how to get over that hump and move into purpose. In order to get over that hump and move towards uh, purpose, you have to take your thoughts and bring it into this world, have it tangible. So the first step of doing so is take it out your mind, write it on a piece of paper. When you write it on a piece of paper, write those steps of how you want to get to that particular goal. And once you start doing that, and you day by day, you checking off that list, you own. You just got to jump start it. Okay. I like it. I like it. Setting goals and getting those things accomplished thank you so much for taking some time out of your evening Miss Ariana to come speak to me no um, problem anything forward to more of your endeavors like I said I love the book the diverse community book so I'm looking out for more stuff more ways oh. to support no problem I look forward to writing more books and again thank you for inviting me on here um, anybody that's tuned in you can follow me on Instagram at SOS underscore ABA on Instagram um, you can also follow me on Facebook at A Garner Solutions and I look forward to um, providing you with more information of ABA alright thank you so much I will talk to you soon sis alrighty bye alright bye bye that interview was dope shout out and thank you again to ariana gardner for coming on to speak to us today i enjoyed that little chit chat getting some insight on what she does and who she is as she mentioned follow her on facebook and instagram she has amazing information cop her book me too living in a diverse community as i mentioned to her during the interview i read that to my moderate middle school class and it was a hit with them so baby it's good it's a lit i'm going to close this episode on out and i just want you guys to know for the close of this episode that while you are in the valley of decisions know that you 
have the ability with one choice to change your reality. I'm going to let you think about that for a second. You can choose to do something that is going to elevate you or you can choose to remain stagnant. Prayerfully, you choose to remain elevated. Greatness is achievable for us all. It's a big enough slice of cake for all of us to share. We can all eat and eat good and live well. Elevate. Participate in self-care. Love on you. Love on humanity. Find your niche and run with that thing. Until next week, peace, love, and blessings, baby. I'm out. Today's episode was brought to you by the Final Peace LLC and Peaceful Gems Mentoring. The Final Peace LLC is the parent company of Peaceful Gems Mentoring and Applying Pressure, the podcast. If you would like more information, you can reach out to us via email at alicia, A-L-E-I-S-H-A, at thefinalpeacellc.com. And that is a piece of mind, not a piece of cake. P-E-A-C-E. Thank you for tuning in. Bye-bye.